Okay, the director's ready. Talent's ready. Cue the opening. W Radio, your information station. Hello and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 398 for the week of March 8th, 2015. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts, special events, books, audio tours, and more. Look, whether you are going to the parks for the first time or you love the details, secrets, and stories, there is something here for you. You can subscribe to the podcast over on iTunes and find everything else over at www.radio.com. Walt Disney World is first and foremost a storytelling experience, and in many cases, the attraction stories are told and driven by the characters within them. So this week, we're going to look at our top 10 attraction characters in Walt Disney World, why they're on our list, and then I'm going to ask you to share your favorite as well. I'll then I have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll tell you how you can help the show and be part of WDW Radio Nation, as well as have more announcements and your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. WDW Radio has been nominated for a 2014 Podcast Award over at podcastawards.com. And this is just a quick request or reminder to please go out to podcastawards.com once per day, every day, and cast your vote for WDW Radio for a podcast award in the travel category. Also, be sure and verify your vote via the email you receive from podcastawards.com. And don't forget, you can vote once per day, every 24 hours, up until March 24th, every vote counts and is so important. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate the friendship and the support that you've extended to me and the show. Again, podcastawards.com for WDW Radio in the travel category. Really appreciate it if you did. Thanks again. Disney Company isn't a theme park company. It's not a movie company, uh, a TV production company, and so on, right? They're storytellers. And in the parks, the stories are told utilizing all five senses in 360 degrees. And in the attractions and the shows themselves, those stories are conveyed and driven by the sets, props, music, sometimes the smells, and primarily the characters within them. So this week, we're going to look at some of those storytelling ingredients 
by sharing our top 10 Walt Disney World attraction characters. And when you hear top 10, you may think that I'm somehow going to incorporate food into the mix or about the chicken exit, because that's normally where you will find my friend, Mr. Tim Foster from CelebrationsPress.com lurking about. Tim, my friend, welcome back. Uh, yeah, I'm, that's me, the chicken exit. You are the chicken exit. We I, should do the a top 10 chicken exits. Mm-hmm. Which are like the most well-themed, right? <laughs> which have like... You the, know, that that's a legit one, though. We should do it, because I've studied them all. I, I'm sure you have. Did You've you know it? there's a chicken exit to Main Street, USA? <laughs> and I got wet there. Nice. <laughs> And actually, that is a vague reference to a very, like one of our very first top tens where where I think we did a top ten places you can get wet and you spent like 11 (laughs) minutes explaining how you got drenched on It's a Small World. Yeah. So uh, I got I got I got wet on uh, the tomorrow, the people (laughs) mover on the last trip (laughs) and not because of rain. So you can throw that one on the list, too. So we why. specifically that, that's not this that's not this show. We uh, we as we uh, always do do not talk about these topics ahead of time. Nope, the way you this tell come, me how I got it wrong. Right. So we we just uh one of us will send an email to the other saying, "Hey, we should do a top 10 about this and let it fly from there." Mm-hmm. And that being the case, when I was trying to think of my top 10 attraction characters, which as you know, top 10 here normally means Top 10, 17 30. honorable mentions, and right. each of us sneaking in a couple of twofers here and there. But I thought That's about good. when we think about top 10, what are we really talking about, right? Is oh. it is it what makes a character great or, or what makes the character fit on the list? Like what are the criteria that we considered or you considered when adding characters to the to the list? Is it is it likability? Is it cuteness? Is it the merchandise? Is it the fact that they're memorable or funny? Like, do they have to talk? Can they be from a, a, a movie or a celebrity from an existing IP? Like, are they are they human or must they be some sort of non-human character? Did you think about... I know the answer to this question. Did you think about any of these things beforehand? Or as you look at your list, what do you think were the elements that or the criteria you were looking for that would qualify the characters to be on your list? Well, uh, first of all, I, there might be some confusion because I, I was thinking typographic characters. So <laughs> we might be going down. This is totally. the top 10 fonts of Walt. Look, top I would love to do. Font. Hey, I'm a designer. Dude, I lo- I'm a gig. font junkie, man. I would love to do a show about the top 10 fonts. Comic of Walt Sans. <laughs> yeah. They're changing the Haunted Mansion to Comic Sans. Everything's going to be in Comic uh, Sans. Thank, well, now, it's, now it's better. <laughs> now it's back to the way it should be. All right, wait. So very quickly. So what, what's the wait? What's the best font? You have to say it by name, but we've talked about attraction signs before. But if you think like, what do you think is the most beautiful font used on a sign in Walt Disney World? Oh, in Disney? I thought you meant just in life in, in general. Because the answer there is Adobe Garamond. There's no question. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. This the, is, the, we're we're going to come back to this. The Walt Disney eye with the little thing on it that everyone steals it but they're not allowed to use that's the best <laughs> font ever we're going to circle back to this one day we're going to actually right. talk about the best fonts in Walt Disney World that, that would that'll be fun so guys so so give me the characteristics of the character right? well yeah. your other 37 questions 
Uh, no, I didn't think of any of that when I was making my list. So. Okay. So what was it for you? Like, what is something that makes... And this, and I'll let well, you sort of lead right into maybe your first one, and you could describe for us the, the thought process of, of how this person or man or woman or character or whatever got on the list. Well, the, the, my first one's easy. The thought process is which one do I need to steal first cause to get it off of your list. So that was easy. But um, as I was thinking this through, I did, as we always do, we think this is going to be a slam dunk. And then the more we think about it, the more difficult it is or the harder it is because I, I was making sure I didn't get into the level of, you know, human, animal, real movie, all that kind of stuff. But what I, I was trying to do and I got some uh, obvious ones and I tried to go deeper, go with me with some of the other ones. But separating the character from the animatronic, you know, that that was the first thing that struck me because I kept thinking of. Oh, that was cool. Well, wait, but no, I like that because it's just a cool animatronic. Right, right. As opposed to thinking of, all right, what, how, what, what's their role in the story of the attraction, that kind of thing. So that's, that's kind of what led me to where I r- arrived at. So it's, and so before you get into it, I think it's interesting that you say that because I also tried to make that distinction yeah. As well. And let me go on record. Uh, here's oh. my, my one of many disclaimers. There's going to be, I'm going to throw out way more than 10 on this list because I had, I had a tough time, as I always do, mm-hmm. limiting it because there were so many characters. I'm like, oh, but God, I love that character because of the song. I love that character because of a memory as a child. So I'm going to not so subtly sneak in a lot. For example, the way I was... Yeah, I didn't even start yet. Come on. I was able to pull the Wicked Witch from Great Movie Ride off the list because while I love the character from the movie, I love the character in the park because of the quality of the audio animatronic. Right? You see what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was my first one. <laughs> I know what your first one is, and I'm going to totally give it to you. Uh, okay. Well, here. All right. My first one... <clears throat> I'm using. I'm pulling out all my Mangello tricks I've learned over the years. First of all, it's a twofer, and then so I'm cheating and I'm also stealing it because I know you're going to do it. But it is a gift to you because without delving into your list or what goes on inside that little mind of yours, I think I'm throwing you a big softball here with this one. So I'm going to start. Two tiny wings, eyes big and yellow, <laughs> horns of a steer but a lovable fellow. From head to tail, he's royal purple pigment, and there, voila, you've got Mushu. <laughs> uh, figment, of course. Um, he was, and this was actually when we, when the, we had the idea that he's the first one that popped in my head, and. Um, I mean, what can you say about him? I, th- I think uh, a character that was created just for uh, the attraction and the park, as opposed to a character from, uh, you know, film that got re- <laughs> repurposed doesn't sound like the right word. Right. Got re- you know, a star of their own attraction, we'll say. Um, and of course, everyone knows and loves Figment. He's become the virtual mascot of Epcot, and when he Went away oh, so many years ago, and we all shed a tear. The outcry was far and wide, and he thankfully came back. Um, now he's 
but undoubtedly, he is the star of the show and the star of Epcot, my favorite character. But I'm going to use him to get to my real first. Oh, see what I'm doing here? <laughs> do you, no, but, so you're but, stealing. You're what you're no, doing? I'm not, is you're st- no, I'm not stealing because because <laughs> I, I I I'm not going to go where you think I'm going. Doctor Nigel Channing what? is my first official like one on the list. Yeah, what? You're saying what? Now, this is where I'm digging a little deeper here. Um, now, Dr. Nigel Channing, played by the incomparable Eric Idle from Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. But I think in the, in the, the latest iteration of Imagination, and even the second one, we'll, we'll give him that one. But, but definitely in this one, he's the perfect foil for Figment. And I think the two of them, their interaction throughout the whole attraction is fantastic. And Eric Idle is just wonderful in um, in his role in bringing that character to life. And it and it is a character. And the this is where I had gotten the idea of I had of what defines it in my mind is you are in the Imagination Institute. Going back, you you mentioned sight, smell, sound, taste, touch, all that. Um, and you're there for a tour, and he is your host. So he, he as the, as the character Dr. Channing is integral to the storyline of that entire attraction. And Figment, you know, comes in and does his mischief and all that gets involved. But it's it's he that holds the attraction together and gives you the narrative and puts you in the story. And Eric Idle does a wonderful job at it because he's just fantastic as he is. And I will say, going back to Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, he has what is still my favorite safety spiel of all time. Do not put on your safety goggles until you are safely seated safely inside the theater safely. That's a classic. (laughs) See what I did there? And I know I gave you a big – You did. tossed up a softball. So go ahead. Hit it out of the park. And and I appreciate you doing that because Dreamfinder was the first one on my list. There you go. Oh, hello there. So glad you could come along. I am the Dreamfinder. Without question, I put actually Dreamfinder. I knew you were going to take Figment, but I still would have put Dreamfinder <laughs> and first. I knew you were taking Dreamfinder. <laughs> and, and I think it's a, obviously it's a clear and it's a very nice compliment. And I think when that outcry happened. Uh, as as Journey to Imagination went through its uh, initial incarnation, I think part of that was because not just of the loss of Figment, but because of the the dynamic that changed in terms of Dreamfinder, because I think they are such complementary characters, right? Dreamfinder is the fatherly figure to this uh, you know, little dragon who's the little boy with this childlike, wide-eyed innocence and whimsy. And I love the backstory about how he, you know, originally was supposed to be Professor Marvel for for Discovery Bay over at Disneyland. I, I love the entire genesis of of how it it eventually came to be. Um, and I think there was something very endearing about that character. I mean, even the walk around Dreamfinder was as uh, attractive, if you, if you understand what I mean, as the, the puppet that he was holding, right? It, it, people weren't just going there to talk to Figment. They were going to talk to the Dreamfinder, right? They wanted a picture with the Dreamfinder. And now, 30-some-odd years later, the Dreamfinder is still uh, a, a an icon among Disney fans. I mean, look, Disney just uh, and Marvel actually just released a, a new Figment comic book where Dreamfinder is front and center, and they give Dreamfinder an entirely 
new, very uh, a deliberate, very intricate backstory. So this character that that they didn't try to sort of kill him off, but they sort of you know pushed to the side. They saw clearly that there was a love and a sense of nostalgia for him and to dive deeper into a story. And, and I am, for one, and I know I'm not alone, is very glad that Dreamfinder is back in, in sort of the, maybe not in the, the attraction itself, but he is still part of the, the Disney lore. And, you know, I, I like some of the subtle references that we see. Look, you go to any run Disney event, you go to any D23 Expo or Destination D event, chances are somebody's going to be dressed up like the Dreamfinder. And mm-hmm. I think that says a lot um, about that character. I mean, we've talked about Journey into Imagination before and can certainly go on at length. But far and away, Dreamfinder, I almost snuck in my... Well, I'm going to sneak in my second one. No, I won't. Uh, no, go ahead. Well, and uh, parenthetically, I, I know you're dressed up in your Dreamfinder <laughs> costume right now. And I'm not saying this because I can see you, because I can't. I just uh, got a feeling. So are you sneaking in another one? Or I, I won't. I'll, I'll, I mean... It's... No, you could go ahead. I, you... No, because you, like I said, I unlike you, I only have five. So you, yeah. I have I have no less than fourteen on my All list. All right. Well, no, okay. I better get mine out there. Well, no, it's, but, but I, you know what? Forget it. I'm gonna. And it is my turn. You know? It is your turn, but I'm gonna do. This is gonna happen a lot. Right, go ahead. Go ahead. I actually put Dreamfinder over what I think is one of my favorite characters in the park, which is Madame Leota. Oh, specifically, oh, li- you li- dog. little oh, Leota. You oh, was she dog. on your list? I. Uh, no, not anymore. Uh, no, and I'll, but I'll explain why. Short. short. I mean, we, I've talked about Little Leota, and I and I struggled because I, I love the character so much that the Little Leota. Maybe it's the figure itself that that I that I like, but I love Madame Leota, and I actually put Dreamfinder ahead of her. Interesting. So see, that was a twofer right there. <laughs> okay, uh, so this is going backwards from the way I anticipated this going because my next one so let's journey over to Liberty Square and to the Haunted Mansion and because uh, <laughs> I was going to serve you up another softball which you uh, stole um, as far as characters go I mean, you, we could pick it, there's so many at the Haunted Mansion we could choose from and I had a feeling you were going to mention Madame Leota so I was thinking well who else can I bring up and I'm going with the bride as uh, the character of many and I, actually I'll, at the end I'll tell you I actually thought you were going to pick someone else from the Haunted Mansion is there anyone on else on the list your <laughs> list from the Haunted Mansion by the way uh, he was going to be in passing but yes he he okay alright well anyway back to he or back. they whatever <laughs> They, all right, um, back to the pride. Um, I think we've talked about this uh, many times of uh, refurbs and uh, enhancements to Walt Disney World attractions and um, the good and the bad and the, you know, the lost and the finally remembered. But I, we always agree that the Haunted Mansion, big refurbishment several years ago is um, one of the very best that they've ever done. And uh, one of the Big components of that was the enhancement of the bride character to uh, Constance Hatchaway, as she is known now, uh, taking the place of the weirdly unsettling animatronic that used to be there before. But um, the thing with the Haunted Mansion, too, that's so wonderful, and we 
talked a lot about this is the fact that the the backstories that go with it are uh, they're you know unofficial. This some people think this, some people think that, and that's one of the great things about the Han Mansion is there are so many backstories, uh, whether they're quote unofficial or unofficial or fan made or whatnot. And the bride was always a great source of those. You know what 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 is she doing up there? Did she did she was she killed? Did she kill herself? What you know? What's what's the story? Uh, even manifesting itself in the bride ring, which uh, yeah, the 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 fan made up one that used to be at the exit, which was just the old pole that got taken away, but got such traction as part of the backstory that they went ahead and put a real bride's ring in during the refurbishment. Um, but the character her, herself. Uh, again, the backstory, it's not really evident as you're going through the ride, but there's a lot more to it now than what used to do before. As you go through, you see the five portraits of her, of her husbands that met their untimely ends and, you know, what, what happened, what, going, what goes on, and you notice she gets a new strand of pearls for each passing. And and even then, you know, what's the real story behind her? It's the portrait in the stretching room of... George with the axe in his head, the last husband. Um, you know, did uh, at the Haunted Mansion's 40th anniversary in Disneyland, they depicted her with what looked to be a slit throat. So that the clue as to you know how she met her end. Uh, she even appears in Epic Mickey, which in, on the Wii game, which I will full-heartedly admit defeat on. I can't get through <laughs> that game, but. Um, you know, connecting the dots between old and new Disney when horse hot, horse collar, uh, you know, explains that uh, Constance Hatchaway was once a lady of lonesome manor and several of her husbands expired. And you see that story sort of played out in front of you, but still with an air of mystery and not quite sure what happened. But the fact is that they've totally enhanced her uh, depiction as a full-fledged character with a story as opposed to you know, an animatronic just waving her hands around. Um, so that that was the, who I picked out of the Haunted Mansion, and I thought you were going to go somewhere else with maybe three guys, perhaps? So just quickly touching <laughs> on... And and look, I think it's, it's very telling, right, that we both sort of... Look, we can pick out a number of characters. Little Leota, Madame Leota, the bride, the hitchhiking ghosts, the, 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 the mellow men, the caretaker. And the fact is... This is one of the attractions that has pretty much, I mean, for the most part, remained relatively unchanged, save for a few show scenes here and there. And look at the depth of story that either was created beforehand or has been created as a result over the past 40 plus years of the attraction. I think that's part of what the beauty and the and the attractiveness of the attraction is, is that we as guests start making up our own stories. Cast members made up their own stories. They become legend. They eventually become lore. And we love the fact that there is more than just, you know, oh, look, there's a bride up there. She must have killed her husband. We want to sort of dig a little bit deeper into the backstories of these characters. And there is no book to look for. There is no guide at the beginning or the end of the attraction but I love the fact that so many people are are curious about it, and I think that's what makes Haunted Mansion, you know, the true quintessential 
classic attraction and why we're able to sort of latch on to so many different characters like this. Why Memento Mori comes to be because yeah. of the story. Yeah, and I, like the, the bride's ring I'm mentioning right there, like people fabricated a whole backstory out of a little remnant of pipe, which was amazing. You know, like she flung it out the window in despair, blah, blah, um, And it's, it's amazing. Uh, that attraction, more than any other, generates its own uh, stories. I guess because it's so vague in its story purposely, I guess, right. lets you feel. Well, that's the great part because going back to our first one, use your imagination. You fill in the blanks and that's one of the many great things about Disney is your opportunity to immerse yourself in the story, fill in your own details, become a part of the story. There you go. So. Right, and, and that's why now with the in relatively recently refurbished Haunted Mansion, we see so many of those elements from the story that was not very cohesive. You see <clears throat> references to the sea captain and the raven and the one-eyed black cat and all these things that played into the, uh, the, the, the design and the creation of the Haunted Mansion that never really came together when it, when it finally opened, but those stories still continue to live on both for the Imagineers and the cast members and us as guests. And I love the fact that Disney incorporated that uh, into the mansion where they did refurbishment. So, yeah, I mean, I, I look... I had Madame Leota and the Hitchhiking Ghost and the Caretaker, you know, on my my mental and, and written down list, and I could have picked any or all those for a look. I mean, the, the Hitchhiking Ghosts, you know, are uh, as part. You know, you think about Walt Disney World; those are one of the the first characters that comes to mind. I think for a mm -hmm. lot of people. And let's let's not kid everyone. Anyone who's listening to the show at all knows. Far and away, it's Little Yoda, but we, we, we had to spread the love around a little bit. So, uh, and that's unsettling, as I said it. So, yeah, it was just a little, little bit on the, little bit on the creepy side. Just better you that said it than, than me. Um, we left creepy a long time. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, as I look through my list, um, I just sort of was brain dumping it in no particular order. And I don't know why I keep going over to the Carousel of Progress. No, you better not. You better not. But then I'm going to go past it. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. And look, when you talk about it, I would love to share it with well, you. Well, I'll do it. I might go there next. So. All right. Well, why don't we go there together? Why don't we go, uh, Walt, okay. why don't we go to Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress together? Um, because I had two. I actually have two on my list for the car for the carousel. Um, at first, and, and I know I'm sneaking two in here. Uh, well, you I had, can't because one's probably mine. Well, I I, I was going to go with Uncle Orville. <laughs> but you're not. But I'm not. you're going to go because somewhere I'm, else. Because I'm going to go with the father. There you go. Because I, I do. I, I love the father in Carousel of Progress. There is something... Um, likable and lovable and reminiscent, I think, of many people's father. You know, we sort of, we we hear the father tell stories now from the 20s and the 40s or the late 1800s, and we kind of laugh, right? You know, sometimes the same way we would laugh at our dads when they think that they're talking about all this cool latest and greatest and stuff, and you're like, oh, come on, dad, that was so two years ago. Oh, come on, dad, that was so 80, 80 years ago. But I don't know if it's a combination of his face or, and look, whether your narrator is Rex Allen or whoever it may be, whoever sort of your quintessential father from the Haunted Mansion was, um, it, there, there's something very 
endearing and, and likable uh, about him and um, comforting. I, I don't know how else to, to describe it. You've never uh, seen, you've never really actually, you've never seen the show, but have you? Is that the one that goes upside? Yeah. Oh, no, it goes around. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I know. You got wet on the Carousel of Progress, too. Uh, um, I, embarrassing to say I actually did. Um, no, I guess Sarsaparilla. Yeah. I, I, the Carousel of Progress is uh, right behind the haunt. No, well, along with the Haunted Mansion, is just filled with um, great characters that, to our point, are there to tell the story. They're not just, I mean, the animatronics are great, but. It's not about that. It's about the telling of the story. And obviously, I went with Uncle Orville when I put him on my list. Um, and it was really just a, a, a question of, uh, well, which character am I going to go with here in Carousel of Progress? And um, I guess to your point of before, like, well, what, what drove the decision to include this character or that character? Well, first of all, Uncle Orville, for his brief two appearances, is obviously very funny, uh, in his uh, invention of air cooling and his um, escapades in the um, uh, uh, back room, well, she, we shall say, in the Christmas scene. But uh, the thing with the Uncle Orville character to me, which is cool, which is kind of getting out of the realm of um, how integral he is to the story itself, but is the story sort of behind him and that I, I always find it fascinating that he is voiced by... Mr. Bugs Bunny, Mr. Daffy Duck, Mel Blanc, who's probably the most well-known, at least to us old people, um, voice, character, cartoon actor of all time. And I always found it fascinating that for extensive as his career was, that his only Disney credit ended up being Gideon the Cat hiccuping in Pinocchio, um, <laughs> which, which is amazing because he was such a prolific and talented actor. And that's, um, that's all he kind of ended up with on his Disney resume until the Carousel of Progress where he did provide the voice of, of Uncle Orville. I also find it cool that his son, uh, Noel, did the voices on the radio that you hear throughout the show too. And I also thought, and I, I was just looking this up and I didn't know this, and I thought this was really cool too, was that... Um, that Mel Blanc has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and so does Bugs Bunny. And very few people can make that claim. And one of those people is Walt Disney, who's on for himself, and Mickey Mouse is on. So, you know, the the actual person and the character they play both having their separate stars. I just thought that was a really cool, huh? Didn't know that. So, but like I said, that the story itself, uh, the attraction itself, is full of great characters from the the mother to father to Patty to the the kid with the werewolf face, you know, scares me all the time. But um, uh, again, full of character. Which one do you pick? That's why I went with, just because he's funny. So and I would do an impression of him, but I'm not gonna. So I will share no, with privacy. you. Privacy, in this place. <laughs> Poor Mel Blanc. Pri what did I over say? Privacy. <laughs> I don't know what you said. I don't know. I, don't know. Um, I will. Why um, I didn't want to do it. So. I will give you. I was going to save this for the Tomorrowland audio guide, uh, but I will give you another bit of what I think is very, very interesting. And I think it's very telling, right? You talked about uh, Mel Blanc sort of being a masterful voiceover artist. I bet you didn't know that mm -hmm. in the Carousel of Progress, 
which has gone through a number of different versions from the World's Fair version to the Disneyland version to the 1975 version, right? So when uh, when Andrew Duggan took over as, as the dad and then eventually Gene Shepard, who is the current father. Did you know that every uh, character in the Carousel of Progress, their voice has been re-recorded by a different voiceover actor except for Uncle Orville? <laughs> No privacy at all around this place. Uh, sorry, Orville. Who Let's at one point out. was Cousin Orville. Mel Blanc is the only voice that has been consistent throughout the entire show. To which I go, huh. And, and actually, I get that. I mess that up all the time. I say, I say Cousin Orville all the time. He was. He was Cousin for a little yeah, while, and now he's I, uncle. And I don't know why. Cousin, probably because of Cousin Eddie. I think that's why I say <laughs> Cousin Orville. That's a whole other story. Show segment bit so so is it back to me i uh, father orville yeah you hmm. i think although i think you've i've done three and you've done 12 but that's okay yeah we've we that's okay we again the list top 10 should be in air quotes i i i'm pretty sure you don't have these last two because these, these mine are real these are really go with me ones here so i'm, I'm i have a couple of go with me's I'm confident. I, I definitely have a couple of go with me here's um okay. And as I look at, you know, I'm trying to sort of save like my next two to be the characters that I really like, right? And this is normally where I would start just throwing ones out. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting for you to bring up food. This is a record. I know. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't either. Um, all right. I- I'm going to go to the Country Bear Jamboree. Wow. Yeah, I'm going wow. to the Country Bear Jamboree, and this is totally a subjective, personal, going, you know, thinking back to when I was a kid, going with my dad, and maybe that's who this one really is for, because I, you know, I, I love the character of Henry, but the one that just sort of sticks with me is Big Al, and I think it's a combination of the audio animatronic and his face and his expression and the story about how he sort of looks like Imagineer Albertino and my dad just loved Big Al and yes he has his own stand right across the street which happens to be next to the Westward Ho wagon where you can get food in front of you there it is there you go um, but yeah I, I think um, there, there's something that um, there's something again sort of just lovable about that character and again maybe for me it's more of a of a personal thing than any anything i can um you know sort of point to maybe it's the song that i that for years i would sing to my kids as i picked them up from school my rendition of blood in the saddle is let's, seconded let's, only to tex ritter himself well let's hear it let's go listen i'm not <laughs> some trained monkey i don't just sing on <laughs> so <laughs> Come on, I did the worst Uncle Orville ever. No, I know. I, yeah, that that was. Um, hey. But, you know, like, he's out of tune, and he's just doing his thing, and he's oblivious to everything else that's going on around him, and I think there's just something uh, just, just fun and warm and lovable about him, and maybe that's, that's sort of the what I seem to be gravitating towards uh, in my in my favorite characters, right? The Dreamfinder is a, is a warm, lovable character. The dad's a lovable character. I think I need psychotherapy. Obviously, I have much deeper issues. Well, we <laughs> kind of knew that going in, but it's just clear. Now. Someone's but, definitely but, going, he has daddy issues that he really needs to do. So. But I'll say, no, uh, I will say Big all, Al from the Country Bear. I 
it's connecting with your childhood. Yeah, we're all kids when we go to Disney. It is. Look, man, I, I said this since yeah. the very beginning. My love of Disney is, believe it or not, Tim Foster, not centered around the food. It's not centered around the attractions. It's not centered around going to the parks. It's grounded in the memories I have of going there with my parents every year as a kid, of my dad carrying me on his shoulders in Tomorrowland. I don't know how he did it, you know, because I never did it for my kids. I just threw him in the stroller. Um <laughs> But it's, you know, it's the it's the memories of going back to the hotel at night and, and going to the top of the world supper club to eat and, and things like that. So um, maybe that's why I'm gravitating uh, towards these right, characters. I'm going to pull you back a little bit. I mean, for me, it's about the funnel cake. That's all. Thank you very much. Man, I shouldn't have said I'm going to get 20 funnel cakes. In the <laughs> now, I, I, in fact, actually, the next one I'm doing, it's it's kind of along those lines. This isn't a, you know, uh Probably wouldn't be a character on top of most people's list, but um, it's one of the earlier ones I remember. But it's not—he's not that old, and he's still around. And I know you're not going to get this one because you seem to have a little aversion to this attraction. I'm going to—we're going to stay in Tomorrowland, and we're going to Stitch's Great Escape. You love it. You know it. You love it. And um, the the guy just the little guy who just has that warm little spot in my heart is Skippy. And and again, he's not, he's not you know, he's not the biggest headline character out there. He's not one you might think of right away. But I, I remember from uh, not from 1972 circa days, but you know, we first started going with our daughter and uh, visiting, uh, you know, during the 90s and going on the extraterrestrial alien encounter which I liked wife didn't like so much daughter I don't know if she ever on, went on it actually so alright this is my own personal memory my own psycho babble issue I have but um, Skippy was you know part of that attraction uh, the the little lovable alien that got transported uh, by the by simulated intelligent robotics sir as we know him uh the head of excess in the practically painless teleportation technology he was trying to sell us as the audience. But um, it, it was just one of those things where it's part of the uh, part of the story, not not even the main part of the story, but just a little bit, just a little gag. And it was really cool. The effect was amazing and, and still is of them being actually being teleported from one chamber to the other and turning into a crispy fritter at the end. Um, and I was happy to see, but for whatever our thoughts are with Stitch, uh, Stitch's Great Escape and that attraction's merits or, or whatever, I'm glad as one person to know that Skippy is still there, admittedly in an abbreviated appearance. But um, I, I will ask you, I'm going to kind of tangent off this because this always, I don't know, maybe bug me. I don't know if this is the right word. I'm asking you, Lou Mangiello, little mm-hmm. Lou Mangiello. So, this is an old person problem, an older person problem I have. So, the guy, your head guy host in the second room there um, is now Sergeant C4703BK2704, and I know two one now. Now, is that, see, I, I, when I take my daughter and she hears that, she has no idea why the old people are laughing. 
Shouldn't they update? Like, I, if they could say 704-1972, and then it would be a cool little tribute to when the Magic Kingdom opened or something. One nine, wait, wait a, a second. Show. Wait, wait, wait. wait. 1972 would be a tribute to when the Magic Kingdom opened? 1971. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Just want to make, make sure I got all my dates right. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I mean, it's a reference to something I, I never even saw. It. This is so old. Nobody knows what, you know, there's a couple... You know, 50-somethings laugh in the audience. But no one else knows what's going on. It's like when I'm watching Seinfeld with my daughter and they're talking about the JFK movie and I ask her, do you know why this is funny? She goes, no. And I have to explain the whole thing to her. Back and to the left. Yeah, that, but she doesn't know what that, that means. That is one magic loogie. She wasn't there. <laughs> when you have topical humor, you got to be careful because, you know, it's not going to last. I don't even think that was topical when the – Stitch open. Wasn't that show long gone by then? Well, I, look, that's I mean, this, my own personal rant. That has nothing to do with the show. So I'm, I just wanted to get off my chest. Look, it, it's a it's a simple throwaway, right? It, it's not integral to the storytelling. But, you but this is what, a, look, and this is something that happened before. Actually, look, it happened right across the street where when you try and be current, you instantaneously date an attraction. Yeah. It was more, much more pronounced in the timekeeper when boys to men is performing Motown Philly. You're like, what the what? Like, you know, and people laugh when I tell them that they're like, you're kidding. I'm like, no, like near the end of the attraction, the Jules Verne and HG Wells have to be sort of explained why Motown Philly is playing in the park. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I don't think it's that big of a deal here. I think it's a nice it's little not. nod. I just I always find it, you know, that that's the best joke you could come up with. But I will tell you that as that's soon as you said Skippy, yeah. the, the first thing that came to mind was, and this is one of the things I remember most, is Tim Curry, Bon yes. Voyage. Like that. Bon Voyage. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the Phil Hartman was there very, very, very briefly, but I loved the Tim Curry voiceover um when he was sir and that could have been a character character too i get it's it's funny like in in most of these attractions there's multiple ways you could go multiple characters and i think a future i think because i don't think we've done it before i think a future top 10 and you need to Mm. write this down because next time i'm like i'm gonna write it down the top 10 attraction one-liners Ooh, that's gonna be a short show it's well, but we can listen. A short show. Come on. <laughs> Are you new here? They're never short shows. Um, so, yeah, Bon Voyage, like that's one of the. Oh, wait, but we have to do them in voice. Okay. okay. All right. I'm in. Okay. All right. <laughs> I've got off. There's got to be a Samuel L. Jackson Where's My Super Suit somewhere in Walt Disney World. Where's my super suit? What? Where is my super suit? Hi. This will be episode number 512, a.k.a. Total Train. Oh, my. I I cannot wait to do another (laughs) James Mason impression because now I've got to include 20,000 leagues under this. You can do one now. I'm not. There's room. It's time. Again, talking about references that most kids won't get. They're like, James who? Um, Well, the difference between referring to a Disney thing that happened 60 years ago and something that was just there. And so what? All right, so I don't know. How, I, listen, I, I, I've lost track of my how rant. many we have. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll mention next? a couple of honorable mentions at the end, but my last one or two. Wait, I, that's only four for me. I got one more to go. Okay, so good. Got, so I have two, got, more. Got two more. And they're going to be go with me here's. I'm going to, I'm going to, in the vein of Tim Foster, unless I decide to change my mind, unless this is a go with me. I, I will tell you that 
when I started doing my virtual audio walking tours of the parks, like seven years ago, I think my, my first one came out, however many years ago it was, and the first land I did at Magic Kingdom, people said to me, like, wait a minute, you're going to do 80 minutes on a land that has no attractions and like nothing else other than shops and restaurants on it. And I said, yeah, I'm going to have to cut it down to fit 80 minutes because I was still doing physical CDs and whatnot. When I've given like private tours of the parks, I sometimes, shocker, lose track of time and can spend two hours on Main Street USA talking about the history and the story and the, the psychology behind the technology and everything else that's in it. And one of my favorite parts, and, and I'm getting to where I'm going in terms of, of mm. my favorite, I think that Main Street USA, IMHO, that means in my humble opinion, see, I'm trying to be relevant. Oh, oh thank oh. you. Um, I was wondering what I that think means. Main Street USA is an attraction in and of itself. I think you can and should grab your popcorn, grab your mocha latte frappuccino, grab your chili dog, whatever it may be, and spend time wandering the streets because there is such, so many layers in terms of depths of story. And when I said that, five senses, 365 degrees, it is so well illustrated there. And I think a very important part of that are the characters of Main Street themselves. The people that live and work and play and sell you on the story of Main Street USA. My favorite, not that I'm playing favorites, but I'm playing favorites, Hildegard Olivia Harding, the the, the woman that's trying to uh, be out there and she's a socialite and a suffragette and she's president of the Social Society and the Women's Auxiliary and the Decorating Committee. She is such a, a wonderful character, right? And I think she... And whether it's Smokey Miller or Beatrice Starr or Inga DePoint or Mayor George Weaver, the characters themselves are an important element of the storytelling of Main Street USA. The people that are these characters, I think, have some of the most important yet wonderful cast member jobs, roles in all of Walt Disney World. Because they're important because they are the first people that you encounter for the most part. The first characters you're going to encounter when you start your day. They make you believe, right, that you are in a small town at the turn of the century. You take out your iPhone. They're like, what is that little magical box in your hand? And their job is simple. Like in, in my eyes, their job is, is singular. Like all cast members, but primarily for them, their job is to make people happy and they go so far out of the way to do it whether it's scoop sanderson trading pins or you know francis fernada whoever it is they will go out of their way to make people happy and whether you're coming onto main street first thing in the morning or you're leaving in the middle of the day whatever it is and they sing and they laugh and they tell jokes i, I love these people on on many many levels and maybe they are my favorite attraction characters in all of Walt Disney World. Wow. I just dropped the mic I'm and walk off I'm stage. I I'm I'm, <laughs> good night, folks. I'm not even going to do my last one now. Although, first of all, no, that, no you, that was outstanding. What can I say? You snuck in food like 17 times. <laughs>
even I didn't mean to sneak in food. I was just sort of trying yeah, to popcorn. What'd you say? Chili dogs? Popcorn, what did you say? Chili dogs. Uh I think I <laughs> See, mentioned the mocha latte frappuccino. You, know you love Stitch. Just admit it. Uh, you know what? Let me not. <laughs> it permeates your soul. Do you prefer right. the smell of the chili uh, dogs in Stitch? Or mm-hmm. now if you mm-hmm. remember going back to Alien Encounter, mm-hmm. which was intentionally more meant to be more scary. Yeah. It was very much a 4D experience, right? You yeah. much of that attraction took place in complete darkness. And at one point, you didn't feel you didn't smell chili dogs. You felt sort of warm, like water, or whatever, sort of, you know, breathing on the on the back of your neck and dripping on you. Which was meant to be, kids close your ears, it was meant to be the blood of the poor guy that was up on the catwalk that was mutilated by the alien. Like, that was a really scary attraction. Loved it. Couldn't get (laughs) enough. And yet you take the chicken exit on Jungle Cruise. I don't understand you, man. I don't like the loop, the corkscrew (laughs) thing that they put you through. Hey, you're the one that keeps going on and on about how in Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, you go to... So, you know. I prefer H-E double hockey sticks. Hey, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, kids. Sorry. Wait, you went Apolog- to... Oh, you... Oh, that says a lot what? about... It. What? <laughs> no, what? <laughs> Never mind. All right, I'm going to my last one. Man, see, this is what happens. I try and get my big ones up front because I know you're going to take them. So that kind of leaves me with... I don't want not the bottom of the list, but this in, in a perfect world, if we knew what we were doing, this would have been the first one I came out with. Well, it's hard, right? Do you you, sort of, you, you do you, weaved such a wonderful tale there. And I got to kind of you got to try and save the home. You know, you got to have the walk off home run at the end. You got to have no, like I, I want the lead off bang. Just get the game over with. Win it right away. Demoralize my opponent and make him beat. <laughs> Uh, I was going to make a Philadelphia Eagles joke here, but I won't because oh. I love listeners from Philadelphia and I went to school at Villanova. So, but go ahead. Yeah, me being in Philly and all those listeners, I'm with you guys. I, I don't know what's going so on. So, come on. So, anyway, so knock one last, out of the park that, that's better than the main This Street is great. Citizens. This is fan. This is awesome. So, <laughs> I think by my count, my last two, counting this one, are non human characters to go back to one of your long list of rules and regulations that I didn't even follow. This one. Come on. I We're still in the Magic s- Kingdom. Oh, what, what's right. that? <laughs> what were you going to say? I was hoping you were going to go like Hooter from Captain EO. Hey, Hooter, we're almost there. But you didn't go there. Who? No. All right. So <laughs> now we're, we're in. Uh, I'm clapping my hands like anyone can hear it. Um, going to Adventureland. Hmm. I'm going to another attraction filled with characters. Mm-hmm. Which one do I pick? Well, I'm in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I'm going with the dog. The dog. <laughs> you laugh. You scoff at me. <laughs> Go with me here. Now listen to me. Come on. The... Alright, so Pirate Parts of the Caribbean. Classic attraction. Filled with all kinds of wonderful sight gags from beginning to end. Will you stop laughing and hear me out? This if is this, if this was this the Zoolander, if this was the Zoolander walk-off <laughs> challenge, you would be. I. Uh, <laughs> all right. Hold on. Uh, ooh, that's 
I'm not a young man anymore. I can't do that anymore. No, really. I mean, you got sight gags from beginning to end. Well, at least when you get past the scary part with the that skeleton guy on the boat that scares you half to death. I know because you've said it before. But of all the of all the sight gags that are in the attraction, I I would venture to say probably the most well known or, or uh, one that comes to mind is the scene in the jail where the dog is holding the key and the prisoners, oh. pirate prisoners, are trying to get him oh, to just come over just a little bit more so we can get that key. And I think it's just, it's, it's the next to last scene. I got my math right. And it's, it's something that everybody knows. Everybody identifies with the Pirates of the Caribbean. It's such, it, it's, a, it's a joke. It doesn't need any explanation. doesn't need any setup. It's right there. It's in front of you. It's, it's funny the first time you see it, the 170th time you've seen it. And it, it became, it's just such an iconic moment on an iconic attraction. Um, that it, it even came to light when they brought the attraction to the movies and the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Lots of references to the attraction, of course, but the, the one that I think gets the most, oh, look, 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 it's the dog, is when you see the dog. In the jail cell, reenacting the scene right from the movie or right from the attraction, and I, I think it's to the point where everybody who sees the film instantly knows what that is, and they know what the reference is, and they get it, and they know it's funny, and it, it, that it even got life. And when you first saw it, there was no backstory. It didn't need a backstory. I mean, it was there right in front of you. But as the as the pirates franchise carried on and more movies got made. You did get a backstory. You found out Captain T, Jack Sparrow's father, was the original owner of the dog. You fought, you saw him finally come around and bring Captain T the keys for the um, the uh, that big book thing. And uh, with the explanation, <laughs> sea turtles, mate. That's all it is. But it got it got a backstory, and it just. The, but the fact that it grew, and the fact that everyone knows what it is, and it's so big and so iconic to Disney that they even made up a backstory and incorporated it into their film. And I, I that's it. Bang. Walking off. <laughs> good night. <laughs> that was good. Come on. I know it was good. I mean, that was I, good. I, think, I could have gone. There's so many characters in there. I think and I could, wasn't going to go Jack Sparrow because that's, he's just kind of fucked up here. The, I think we could let the, you know, like I said, if this is the Zoolander walk off, Nah. And look, look, Magnum is nowhere near ready. I shouldn't even be talking about it. <laughs> but <laughs> this is a walk-off. Is it the mainstream USA character? I'm steel right now, right now. <laughs> I guess I'm known best for blue steel. Um, <laughs> listen, there is more to life than being really, really ridiculously good-looking. But, um, uh, okay, I'll give well, you Well, that the- was a good one. I know everybody loves it. As soon as I said the dog, everybody went, oh, the Dog, the yes, dog, yes, yeah. dog. he was like 19th on my that. list. Nailed that, forget all that Main Street stuff. He nailed it with that. <laughs> uh, <maybe. laughs> all right, so I'm gonna let, how about all a right, couple? Hold on. I'm gonna sit back, give me your 27 next. No, 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 I, I want you to. And you got one more to go, though. For, for no, listen, up, dude. I walked off the stage with, with the Main Street USA citizens. <laughs> I can't top that. Um, <laughs> I got nothing beyond that. I but let's. A couple, Believe listen. A, a couple of no explanations needed. Uh, honorable mentions, just for okay. fun, right? Um, Brer Rabbit. Oh, Brer Rabbit. He was very high on my list, and I, and yet I couldn't come around 
to them uh, because of some of the other ones. Um, Warden I actually Wilson, was thinking of Splash Mountain and, and yeah, I grab anyone and. Yeah, I thought about Br'er Rabbit, but I, I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around him completely and and make the argument I wanted to make. <laughs> Warden Wilson Matua. Tommies. They're called Tommies. What? Miss Jobson, no one in Africa calls them Thompson's gazelles. They're Tommies. Tommies. Have you ever been on the safari? Dinosaur? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um here's one I almost sort of tried to make an argument for. Uh-huh. We're talking about characters in attractions. Mm-hmm. That guy. You that know, guy. I thought of that. Now I, I was gonna do Buddy Boyle, and no, then I thought I wasn't gonna do. But I, I, I was gonna do. No, but I know, I know what you're thinking. Right, about. that okay. guy, because yeah. this is one of the attractions where the guests are made to be part of the show. Right, and when you walk out, and when you're that guy, not that I look, I've never been. Have you I've, been that dude, guy? I, let me. I've been going. I've gone to Walt Disney World. Thousands of times, literally thousands of times in the past 40 some odd years. I live, I could like walk to the parks. I have never been yeah, I know. that You're guy. Me house. You can hear the I, 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 I know, have I never been the rebel spy. I'd never won <laughs> anything in the year of a billion dreams. Oh. I've never been inside Cinderella Castle Suite. And oh. I've never, I've never been family never of the day. There. I've never been grand marshal in the parade. Um, but it's fine. I'm happy just, you know, one of those would be nice. Um, but I like the fact that that when your dad or your brother or your son or you are that guy and you get your little sticker and that's what, dude, that's the thing that people are going to talk about from that trip. It's not going to be, oh, yeah, it's a small world is nice. And, oh, do you remember the dog from Pirates? They're going to go. Oh man, remember that trip a couple years ago when your dad was the one who was that guy in the Monsters Inc. show? That's the kind of thing that people are going to remember. That's the kind of thing that that people are going to talk about, and that's why I like that guy. I always go in. I I'm, I sit in the beginning. I don't make me that guy. Don't make me that guy. Don't make me that guy, because I would lose it. I think it's funny when that guy is totally oblivious to the fact <laughs> right. that he's that guy through the whole show. And and they still won't use my joke, and I'm still upset about that. Do you text in jokes? Do you? Do you yep. Yep. Yeah. So I've texted the same joke. I've texted the same <sighs> joke all 117 times I've been. Tim, there. that that's telling that's, you something. It's telling you that your right, joke I'm is off. Change it up. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna do. Next time I go in, I'm gonna text in. How do you make a handkerchief dance? Put uh-huh. a little boogie in it because that's the joke they always use. Remember what else? <laughs> but I try and fool them. I try and you know make it you know from Timmy. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, little Timmy six, <laughs> little so they, Timmy. they have sympathy on me and use my joke, but they don't. Yeah. It's a good joke, but I'm not going to share it with all of you because, because. Cause yeah, you don't want to give away your best material, Tim, because the, the boogie um, and the hanky joke is, is clear. Oh, I, so you're saying I didn't do that already. <laughs> all, right. all right. All right. It's okay. It's fine. I uh, was actually surprised you didn't mention Waldo, the spirit of 3D. Oh, <laughs> no. yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> or Chris from uh, Rock and Roller Coaster. Chris, can you grab my blacklist? What? Look, Chris had one job. Go grab my blacklist, Paul. I'd never been on that ride. Do you remember? Well, then you don't remember. At one point, Chris used to be a real person. In the pre-show, when yes, they say Chris, I remember that there was one guy, one and then it was it became a it was a woman, right? And then I blacked out. And then you blacked no, wait, out because Chris, because it could be a girl or a guy, right. it didn't matter because it, it was a exactly uh, ah. Exactly. You see, I contrary to what you think, I've been to Walt Disney World before. 
So I know some of this stuff. Next and, time you and come everyone back, everyone thinks I get off the ride. Been you know on what? The rock. We're gonna do like maybe we'll do a live show together or a video together, and we'll pick like five attractions we're gonna go on together. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'll sit through Monsters Inc. and your jokes. Like I'm gonna okay. cause only because I want to see you become that guy. I'm gonna okay. do whatever I can. We're gonna go ride Rock and Roller Coaster. We're gonna ride Tower of Terror. We're okay. gonna ride Haunted. We're gonna pick ones, and really, I want to capture the essence of what life is like being Timmy okay. Foster. Well, make sure you got battery juice for the trip to the emergency room <laughs> and back when I black out. Because that's after Chris. I don't remember anything else after that. And I, I have one final question and one final. Don't you request. have like thirty-seven more to do? No, dude, that's it. Really? I left out Captain EO. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think who I consider. I left out Crush from Finding Nemo the Musical. Doctor Isobar, whatever. Cumulus Isobar. I actually had him. The guy empty. Yeah, the guy emptying the tub on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad in the tiny town of Tumbleweed. That that's the one. He should have listened. He should have listened when they warned him. (laughs) So I have a question and a request, and neither are for you, Tim. These aren't directed at me. I can. They are not directed to you. Towards you. They are directed towards you. The one per. I'm talking to you, the person that's listening. I want to know who is your favorite attraction character in Walt Disney World. There's lots of ways you can let me know. You can come to www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast, go down, leave a comment there. You can tweet me at Lou Mangiello, facebook.com slash Radio. You can call the voicemail at 407-900-9391 and be like, geez, and crackers, man, how did you possibly forget so-and-so? And yell at me and make your argument, whatever it may be. And uh, then when you're done doing that, the request I have is for you to please go to celebrationspress.com and order every possible back issue and subscribe Woo! to get all the new awesome sauce that is Celebrations Magazine. That's good advice. There you go. Sage sage wisdom. Sage and wisdom. Uh, go, go to Lou's voicemail and tell him to stop beating up poor Tim. <laughs> And did my you, mother, my mother's mad at you. I uh, listen. <laughs> tell her to get in line. Um, <laughs> and what? And the, the next one we're going to do is what? The the the, uh, the one liners. Well, uh, yeah, with with the appropriate uh, voice inflections. Okay. And I'm yeah. going to get you, Tim. For years, I've been trying to get you to do food related top ten, and it's like pulling. I know. Teeth. I got a, a <laughs> cream spinach and funnel cake. That's all I got. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll have to recruit a listener to come in and, and help out with one of those. Maybe, oh, maybe. maybe. Or, well, maybe next when I go down there, we'll go on a food. Oh, I, a top 10. We'll walk around and I, do. I know you've done this before. But top. you and I will walk around and do a top 10 food thing. I love it. Dude, you had me at food. I see. Awesome. There you go. Well, my friends, thank you so save, much. Save room for the emergency trip, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is this always interesting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> magical. That's magical. The, magical. Magical. It's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week. Where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see or sometimes even in what you hear. If you think you have the answer, you can then enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. 
So last week was all about planning for our cruise or your first cruise maybe on the Disney Wonder to Alaska. So I thought I would give you a question about the Disney Cruise Line itself, specifically about the Godmothers, right? So when ships are christened and put out to sea for the first time, they are christened and given a sort of fairy godmother, and each of the ships has their own. Your question was, who's the godmother of the Disney Wonder? The Disney Magics is Patricia Disney. She is the former wife of Walt's nephew, Roy E. Disney. The Disney Dream has Jennifer Hudson. The Disney Fantasy is Mariah Carey. And for the first time anywhere and ever, an animated character was the godmother of the Disney Wonder. And she is, of course, Tinkerbell. I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and you were once again playing for all six of my virtual audio walking tours of the Magic Kingdom, as well as a copy of my 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World book, both of which you can find over at WDWRadio.com. And I'm also going to give you a mystery item from my personal collection. I'm in the process of purging a number of things up on eBay with auctions every week. I'm going to pull one of those items out, give it to last week's winner, who is Giovanni A., you didn't give me your last name, but Giovanni, congratulations. Please send me your address and your last name, and I will send you out your prize package. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week, the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival is going on. I just came back. Looks beautiful again this year. So I thought we would stay in Epcot, specifically in World Showcase. And your question this week is to tell me, in front of the Stave Church over in Norway is a statue of a Viking. Who is it? You have until Sunday, March 15th at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at wdwradio.com. Again, you're getting all the audio tours, a copy of the 102 Ways to Save Money book, and another mystery item from my personal collection. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I also want to say a quick thanks to just some of the members of WW Radio Nation, including Adam Mack, Alex Voorhees, Alexander Stein, Alyssa Provenzano, Angelo and Lori Oliveri, Angie Robinson, Armando Reynal, Bill, Brennan Party, Bryce, Kathy Mohaney, Chad Angel, Chris Sizemore, and Curtis Calloward. Thanks to you and so many more who have supported the show through WW Radio Nation. If you want to help and also receive exclusive rewards, including monthly scavenger hunts, access to our private Facebook group, custom Magic Band covers, WW Radio Nation logo gear, including backpacks, t-shirts, care packages from Walt Disney World, exclusive live video group calls, and more. To find out more or to join, visit wdwradio.com support. Again, it's completely optional but a way for you to help show your support for WW Radio. Also, don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contributions will go to the Dream Team Project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. So thank you all again. Can't tell you how much I really appreciate this, the friendship and the support that you guys have extended to me. Also, don't forget that in addition to the podcast, which you can find over on iTunes, be sure and visit www.radio.com for multiple daily blog posts. I have a lot of great stuff going on, including Self Shot Tuesdays, We've got our videos over at youtube.com slash WW Radio, a free email newsletter, free app for your mobile device, and lots more. 
Be sure and also tune in every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDWRadioLive.com, where I'll discuss this week's Walt Disney World news in the chat room with you. Or like last week, I might even be broadcasting live from the parks, and unlike a regular video broadcast, you don't have to just watch. You can log into the chat room and chat with me and the other people who are in the box as well. Again, that's every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, over at WDWRadio.com. I'd love to hear from you as well, so if you have a question you want answered on the air, Email me, lou at wdwradio.com, or call the voicemail. Be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. Please also connect with me over on social. I am at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest.com slash Lou Mangello, and you can like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash wdwradio. Of course, as you probably know, as much as I love connecting and engaging with you guys online, I think that nothing beats a handshake and a hug, and that's why I do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World. Thanks to everybody who came out to Yak and Yeti this past week, had a great time, weather was beautiful, really enjoyed getting a chance to meet you and shake your hand and get or give a hug and hear your stories as well. Our next meet of the month, which is free and open to everybody, of course, is over at the Tangerine Cafe in the Morocco Pavilion at Epcot. That's going to be Saturday, April 25th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And that's sort of our pre-Avengers Age of Ultron shawarma meet. You don't have to actually have shawarma, but it's a great place to meet up. And of course, you can enjoy the Flower and Garden Festival, which will be going on at that time. Visit the events page at www.radio.com to RSVP as well as find out about other events, including our cruises and other meetups on the road. I'll be traveling to San Diego, Las Vegas, Fort Worth over the next few weeks. We'll definitely be doing some meetups as well. Also, head on over to loumangelo.com because I would love to try and help you not just build your brand and your business, but help you do what you love full time. And whether it's working with you one-on-one or in group masterminds or even coming to speak to your conference, your business or school, I want to see how I might be able to help you out again. Visit loumangelo.com for more information. Big thanks, as always, to Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider because it's who I've used for eight plus years, whatever it's been. I love not just the fact that I know I'm going to get the best prices, but really that I'm going to get an incredible level of personal service all at no additional cost to me. And if you go to celebrationspress.com, as you know, you can subscribe and order back issues to Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, you continue to demonstrate that to me week after week in so many ways, even just by giving me your time, which I know is your most valuable asset. All I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Comment to me over on Twitter. Share links and comment on Facebook. And please go to iTunes and rate and review the show there. We have more than 930 reviews. Would love to get to 1,000 five-star reviews. I want to thank recent reviewers, including Range Meyer, Susie S25, Sean Cavanaugh, and Filma0796. If you visit wdwradio.com slash iTunes, I'll give you a direct link and then show you how to rate and review if need be. And finally, and most importantly, I want to say my sincerest thanks once again to all of you for not just giving me your time, but letting me share my passion for Disney with you through the show and so many other ways. And whether it's a tweet or an email or a meet of the month or just the fact that you're listening to this, I appreciate it more than you know. And I hope and I want you to to find that fire and that courage to start making changes in your life so that you can do what you love every day. And don't be afraid. I know it's scary, but you won't ever know until you try. And don't look back 20 years from now and wish that you would have done it. Take a chance. Make a change. Believe in yourself and have faith. 
and always keep moving forward. Thank you again so very much for taking the time to tune in and listen. I hope you have a ridiculously phenomenal week this week. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou. I wanted to thank you for episode number 388, How to Plan and Prep for Disney Marathon Weekend. Figured it's better late than never. My wife and I are turning 40 this year. We just celebrated anniversary number 15, and we chose to celebrate at the Disney Marathon Weekend. I ran my first marathon. She ran her first 10K. We left our four kids at home, and we had an absolute blast. Your podcast prepared us for a new experience, and I'm hoping we can get back there soon. We love the race, the expo. Sean Aston was awesome. Uh, the atmosphere was great. And I just wanted to thank you for uh, getting us ready. Um, really enjoyed the whole experience, and uh, your podcast was a, a great way to, to get us started. Have a great one, Lou. Hello, Lou Mangello. It is Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York, and I want to say hello to all the WDW Radio Group, the WDW Fan Zone, and the WDW Disney Wonder Alaska Radio Group. We are going to have an amazing time. We are now under 85 days. Can you believe it? It's happening so fast. This is great. We just booked our port adventures, the excursions, and we decided on a couple different things. Uh, we're going to do a group thing, and then we decided to do a few other things. So, But we've got that all planned. We've got our reservation for Palo. Now I'm going to start on that packing list because Lou and Becky both said hats, scarf, and gloves just so we're not cold when we're walking. I actually found a nice little quilted jacket for on the ship in case I'm a little chilly at night. Um, I know in the daytime, 61 will be phenomenal, and my fleece will be great for that. Um, so I know I'm going to need sunglasses for sure probably, um, especially with the daylight. is a long time um, at that time of year. So with saying that, I hope you all have a magical weekend. It's snowing here again in Buffalo. Um, but what are you going to do? I'm hoping it's going to be spring very, very soon. Uh, don't forget, if you didn't turn your clocks ahead, you need to, so you're on the cruise on enough time, and you're not late for work tomorrow. Have a great day, and we will chat real soon. You've got a friend.